0: Okay. Too much horror business, driving late at night, Psycho 78, 12 o'clock, don't be late,
1: I said all this horror business. Greetings and salutations, my name is Justin Lore. And I am Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 116 of Our Business. Our Business. Now, you might think by my monotonic, what? My monotonous delivery of that introduction that we'd be doing something involving robots. We <laughs> are not. Instead, we are talking about two films one of which I enjoyed quite a bit. The other one I didn't enjoy for fucking ever. Although the one movie does have an amazing cover. Um, We are talking about 1986's Slaughter High and 1989's Phantom of the
0: Maud Eric's Revenge. I think these are both movies that you might, if you, let's say you were picking horror movies just that are ridiculous. You might reach for both of these movies. But I think one is a very good time, and the other one is not a good time at all. Yes. I would
1: I I put to you that one is a uh earnestly made, if not heartfelt attempt at making an actual film, and the other one is not that. <laughs>
0: I th- I think we're talking about the same ones, but we're gonna find out. Ooh, yeah, yeah, you'll just have to stay tuned to find out. Whoa. To find out. To
1: find out who the Phantom of the Mall is. Oh, oh. I like how it's, it's like
0: Eric. They ruined it's it in Eric. The <laughs> It's in the title.
1: <laughs> I like how they're like Phantom of the Mall, and it's like I, like you just could have just let us guess who the Phantom of the Mall
0: was, but you had to fucking tell us. Well, but there's only one missing person. As soon as there's a missing person, you're like, well, then that's probably the Phantom, right? The the yeah. one, the only person who they're like, yeah, there was that guy, Eric, but nobody knows where he is. Yeah. He oh, does, I wonder he who does. the Phantom is.
1: Yeah. So before we get to talk about uh, <laughs> Slaughter High and take a guess, take a guess <laughs> Just right now, right now, before we go any further. I want you guys to write down which movie Liam and I really liked, and which movie we kinda didn't like. I'll give you a hint. Uh no. You just I think we've been pretty upfront about it. Um so just write your guess down now, and if you win, you get uh just a, a thank you. That's all you get. Uh but before we go any further. Before we talk about uh, Slaughter High and Phantom of the Mall, we should address who brought you this episode. And just like, um, I was going to say something like, just like Reagan's fucked up concept about lifting you up by your bootstraps, this episode is brought <laughs> to you by you.
0: Oh, true.
1: Yeah. You, you have essentially lifted yourself up by, you have lifted this podcast up by your own bootstraps because we are all one person through your donations on Patreon. Now, this podcast is free. Uh, it will always be free, mostly because no one's going to fucking pay for it and money's not real anyway. But running a podcast website and a podcast network and the, the web, the, the collective that is punks. It does have its costs, and you guys help offset those costs through your lovely donations on Patreon. So if you would like to become a patron, if you would like to hear me say this on the beginning of every episode we do, and say, man, Justin and Liam are talking right to me, if you want to do that, for whatever reason, you can head to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. What is it about the word backslash that we, uh, both of us struggle with it? Right? I have a fu- okay. So not to get off on a tangent, but like, I'm convinced I have a speech impediment. I I have to be the, the, the one called
0: being from Pennsylvania. Do I have a Pennsylvania accent? I, I think, I think we both have some, I mean, obviously everyone has an accent. There is no one thing, but I do think there are certain things that we say weird that have to be from very, although not that we grew up in exactly the same area because you growing up in Lehigh Valley, me growing up more in the Philly area, we should have slightly different accents. And I guess we do, but I think it would be hard for someone to pick it out unless they were good at that sort of thing. Yeah, and I would never associate with someone like that because people like
1: that are fucking psychotic. <laughs> um, no, but like, a I, 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 few years ago, I dated a girl who was like a speech, therap- speech, um, a speech pathologist therapist who helped like little kids with speech problems. And I was always like, you know, I think I might have like a like a like a mild stutter or something. She's like, no, you just you just when you get nervous, you talk fast. That's what it is. And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, no, I know. I went to school for this. You asshole. I know what I'm talking about. And I was like, I don't know. Like, um, but, you know, I don't know. Like, she's not listening to this. So fuck you. Uh, I still think I have some kind of weird speech impediment as this is the first episode that she listens to this. And I'm screaming about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. um.
0: Yeah. Backslash. I, I, I str- Every <laughs> time I struggle with it, I'm like back backlash backs. Yeah. Backsash backs backs Yeah, you can. We, it's, it's impossible
1: to say. We'll never say it right. We also uh, want to
0: thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. The uh,
1: premier screen printing company of the greater Lehigh Valley area. Possibly the world. i
0: possibly sure. the world. We don't know there. The, the, the data is not back yet about whether they are the, the top on the planet. But what we do know is they can offer you professional service in a personable way. They're fun to work with, but they do great work. Uh, you know, Chris reject. We can't vouch for him as a person, but he runs an awesome business.
1: Yes. um, They do a lot of cool shit. Uh, if you haven't gotten tickets already it sucks that you're going to miss the bash at the brewery. Another word I can't say because
0: brewery
1: brewery on this coming Friday, but we have a little surprise for you guys coming up soon. So (laughs) so anyway, uh, www.xlvacx go there for all your screen printing needs for your bands, for your podcast, for your fucking, I don't know. Um, you know, when we're going to be wearing t-shirts to go out in the streets and fucking fight pro. Or anti-choice fascists coming up soon. We're gonna need t-shirts to identify us, so we'll get that done. Um, yeah, www.xlvacx.com, uh, not lvac.com because that is the Lehigh Valley or the Los Angeles Las Vegas asshole commission or whatever. Um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you saw you saw the picture that I did my duty as a loyal devotee of Chris Reject by giving them the finger. Um, I appreciate
0: that. Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, Liam, who else is this podcast brought to you? Brought these fine folks by. Oh, our friends over at Essex Coffee Roasters. Uh, if you head over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, you will find uh, some amazingly fresh coffee uh roasted to order a variety of high quality beans all affordable prices as well as merch and tea uh our man Aaron Dahlbeck you might know from a variety of bands uh you know after years of questing for the for the perfect cup of coffee on tour uh decided to start his own company to take some of the the mystery away from a good cup of coffee so head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com order yourself something there on your way out out the digital door, so to speak, in the in the code area, the special the special secret codes area. You're gonna to want to type C I N E P U N X, and that's gonna give you 10 percent off your order. What
1: is it? I don't.
0: I I have I have phonetics problems. What does that spell? Uh, A God Goddamn right. So do that. Uh, uh, uh yeah. As is CarverVersers.com. We also, of course, want to thank uh, Mechanical Shark uh, Media, our friend uh, Sharky. He, uh, is a master of, uh, puppets, puppets, videography, video editing, audio editing, audio engineering. Uh, he can produce your podcast. He can help you make special effects for your video shoot. He can help you finish, uh, uh the sound editing on your documentary, whatever it is, mechanical Uh, he edited this very episode you are listening to right now. So thank you, Sharky. And uh please check out Mechanical Shark Media. That's There's nothing it. you can't do. That's it. That's all the thank yous. That's that's it. That's everyone. I mean, obviously, we also, you know, thank Baphomet, but that's it. That's all. Yes,
1: of course. And and Behemoth.
0: Sure, yeah. But not that no. other not that other motherfucker.
1: Not that other son's a bitch. So now comes the time in the podcast when I um am living in a mall with half my face burnt off. <laughs> And Liam is Polly Shore, Ooh. who weirdly in a scene in that movie shows whole, which is weird
0: <laughs> or awesome.
1: Uh, I was very upset by that. I'm not gonna... <laughs> like that really <laughs> fucked with my head. <laughs> and as I'm watching Liam go away on his, you know, to do whatever he's going to do. Um, I get in the intercom and I'm like William, what the fuck have you done involving harm recently?
0: Well, I as a 35-year-old British man pretending to be an American high schooler uh who's about to what? play a cool prank of pouring acid on a nerd's face. Uh <laughs> You didn't know all those people were British. That was all filmed in England. You're we'll, kidding. We'll get we'll get to that. We'll um, get there. I reply not a goddamn thing. To, well, okay. So the one thing I have done that's horror related is uh i mean I I am all caught up with uh our new podcast on the network The Carnage Report which is a a fellow horror podcast that's just joined the Cinepunks network but they are focused exclusively on the latest in horror which I think is a fun angle I don't we, not a lot of people are doing news you know, uh, 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 upcoming events, new releases, uh, and only focusing on the most recent releases. We we occasionally do new movies here at Horror Business, but for the most part, we're 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 focused on the past, Justin, and, and yeah, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it, but I'm glad that the Carnage Report is out there looking at the the latest, the latest of what's going on in the horror world. Uh, so, other than listening to that, though, I have not done a lot with horror. I'll be honest, y'all have had a busy time, got really sick, had a cold for a while. I guess that was a bit horrifying, right? And of course, the world is horrifying uh, with our uh, uh, court full of jerk-offs uh, t- uh, uh, striking down Roe v. Wade, apparently. So, you know, that's that's horrible and a real horror show. Um, but yeah, as far as actual horror, I really haven't had a chance uh to get on anything honestly and it's it's a bit of a bummer actually but you know it is what it is it be like it do oh okay. you know what i do have one thing what's that I totally did this for a recording and then i forgot that i did it i finally caught x the new ty west film how is it oh you haven't seen it i would have assumed you'd watched it by now um you know what i think it's pretty good Um, and I think that that, you know, there's, there's a few different takes on the movie. And I think for certain people, right. It might be the first Ty West movie that they're stoked on, because I'll tell you what, it's not as much of a slow burn as some of his other movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, Justin, you know. I like me a good slow burn. I you like, do. I like, like, you know, a lot of people, uh, one of the movies that people get frustrated with is this movie, The Innkeepers, starring friend of the show, Pat Healy. Uh, people get frustrated that, like, not a lot happens in the movie till the end. I fucking love that, man. I, 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 it's not, it's not the only kind of horror I like, obviously, but it is something I like. And so this movie is not that. Uh, it doesn't need to be that to be good. But that is something that I like about Ty West's other movies, and this is not that. Um, and overall, I don't know. I thought it was good, but I don't... For folks who are sort of hailing it as like, you know, a landmark horror movie, I just didn't see that. It's, to me, a solid modern slasher uh, with a few decisions here and there that I thought were really fun. But um, overall, I wasn't blown away by it. I'd, I'd say it's a... Solid B is what I'd give it. a solid B.
1: I'm definitely planning on checking it out. I just haven't really like every time I've been like, okay, tonight's the night I'm going to check out X like something else comes up. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else? No, I, and I forgot. I had, I even forgot I had watched that, but that was a few weeks ago. Um, no, like, like I said, I haven't really been up. I've been, you know, watching a lot of TV and, um, Mostly just busy, like, combo, uh, having a lot of uh, work stuff and stuff going on with Rough Cut, and then, like, having a stupid cold the last, like, few days. So it's been it's been a rough couple weeks, actually, but, you know, it is what it is. Did you finish Moon Knight? Ah, I did not. Uh, for those oh. people, you know, whenever you're listening to this, it's a few days later, I will say... Uh, the reason Justin asked it in that tone is today's the day. The 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 last episode of Moon Knight came out today. And so we had a decision this morning between Moon Knight and the other show we've been obsessed with, which is uh, Tokyo Vice. And we decided to finish Tokyo Vice. And I do regret that decision. Not because Tokyo Vice is bad, but I am like very much like, oh, no, I don't know when we're going to finish Moon Knight, Like when we're going to watch Moon Knight, uh, just because our schedule is kind of crazy right now. So. Hopefully we'll get to it soon, but I have liked, I have very much enjoyed this season up until this point. Um, I'll say this. It was very good. Um,
1: it was a blast watching it with my grandfather. Cause he's just like, I put this on Facebook. He's just said, like, what are we watching? And I'm like, like, okay. So not again, not to get off on a tangent, but like my grandfather's references for these Marvel movies is how do these people connect to Captain America? Sure. Yeah. So usually like when we watch like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that was easy to explain to him. When we watched uh, Moon Knight, though, how do you I'm like, ah, they don't they're they're in the same world, I guess. So he's like, okay. And then like, (laughs) it's just like, (laughs) it's like, he's like, so what's what's going on here? I'm like, well, there's this guy and the thing and the fucking Khonshu and he's a fist of vengeance. And he's like, okay, cool. Um why is there a talking hippo? And I was like, Pappy, no more questions (laughs) or just watch the
0: fucking show. I mean, I would have been like, well, uh, well, Pap, uh, Moon Knight first came on the scene in werewolf by night. And you'll remember (laughs) that briefly Captain America was a werewolf. So there you go. There's your connection. There we
1: go. There's your connection to Steve Rogers. Um, no, it's, it's really cool. Um, very satisfying, very, uh,
0: side note. When you think about that, that, that Moon Knight started as a villain in werewolf by night. It makes him seem like the dumbest idea. Like someone was just like, I don't know, it's a werewolf. What do you get? The moon, right? What if we got a guy who's like a knight of the moon? Huh? Is that it's something? So, it's honestly so crazy because when you think about like
1: how many other characters have there been? I mean, like, I, I would say like Moon Knight is what? Like a B list Marvel character? Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck is Werewolf
0: by Night? I mean, where that was his own book. Where uh, you no, wrote, I, but
1: but what I'm saying is, is like, I <laughs> just like it's just weird to me that like Moon Knight emerged out of that and became like a far more popular character.
0: Uh, I would say for a while, Werewolf by Night was way more popular, but that's because in the '60s, the Marvel horror stuff had its own audience and was yeah. very popular. And but but by the '80s, which is more when we were picking up comics no one was reading Marvel horror books. They weren't even like, I don't even think they were printing most of them anymore. You know what I mean? So like that had kind of gone away, but for a while there in like the sixties and seventies and other people who know this, like actually if you're interested in Marvel horror comics, you should check out the podcast, the tomb of ideas, which is on the Cinepunks network. And they know a lot more about this than I do. But my understanding was that comics like werewolf by night were never as popular as like the X-Men, but were actually more, I mean, Moon Knight did pretty poorly in his, independent book. That's why they had to keep bringing him back in different forms. And I think the reason we get this Moon Knight show is the more modern iterations of Moon Knight. I think are much more influential on in the show than any like classic Moon Knight material. Okay. Cuz the modern all the modern stuff is like when he's in the mental hospital and the the uh, the alligator person is actually in charge of the mental hospital and uh there's a whole story, even like some of the, the stuff with the scales that was all in the, uh, the Hellstrom, uh, independent book, uh, the, you know, you know, son, the son of Satan Hellstrom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he's the one who goes in front of the fucking Egyptian gods and they weigh his soul. And then the fucking, uh, guy tries to eat him. It's like a whole thing. Anyways, I know I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. I, I want to point out, I didn't actually read all these comics. This is all from videos on YouTube. That's how I know these things. Interesting. Yeah. The, the up until now, the only Egyptian god I've known
1: in comic books was the one Hellboy vignette where he fights uh Sebek, the ancient Egyptian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty cool fucking Hellboy thing, but you know, that's neither here nor there.
0: I they've they've trotted out the Egyptian gods and in, in some Thor stuff. You know what I mean? Like Thor yeah. interacts with a bunch of other gods. But yeah, they're not as popular like, you know, Hercules shows up everywhere. Other the roman gods show up everywhere you know what i mean like there, they, there are other deities that we see a lot of but we you know mostly moon knight and then a, a in a few other comics we see the egyptian god
1: yeah um what have i done oh uh not too much involving horror films um i did start watching outer range the amazon prime series with uh I hear it's Brolin. good i hear it's good it's got some spooky cattle mutilation vibes going on. I'm okay, kind of into okay, it. Okay. Um. I also, uh, I started rereading Whitley Strieber's Communion, which uh, I don't even want to fuck. I don't. It's. I've been talking to too many people about it recently to the point of where, like, I'm. I think I'm starting to like concern some people about like how upsetting it is to me. Not necessarily because of the alien imagery, because I'm more convinced than ever, like that, like Whitley Strieber is in like desperate need of help even though he's, like, almost my grandfather's age now, and it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Um. Uh, what else was there? Oh, uh, I started reading, I, I read the first volume, uh, volume of the comic, A Nice House on the Lake, which I can highly recommend. Um, It's like if David Lynch wrote Cabin in the Woods after reading Stephen King's It, and then somehow the end of the world was involved. So get into it. It's very good. A nice house in a lake, it's called. Uh, I am currently reading um, the same author whose name I can't quite recall. I'm reading his uh, series, Something is Killing the Children, which is great.
0: Yes, yes, I've heard of that one.
1: Um, I actually, my niece turned 13 this past weekend. I got her all the current volumes of Something is Killing the Children and a copy of Stephen King's It and a copy of Stephen King's The Stand and uh, a copy of a book I'm another book I'm reading, uh, The Hunger, which is like a sort of speculative alternative history fictional take on the Donner Party. Like, what if the Donner Party was like in- infiltrated by something supernatural and that's why they did what they did, you know, as if they needed like a reason to, to do what they did, like. As if things were fucking great and they were like, no, let's just eat yeah. our dead. You know what I mean? But it's still like a pretty compelling story so far and it's getting like really creepy really fast. So maybe I shouldn't have gotten it for my niece without re, without realizing what it was. <laughs> you know, that's, not, you know what? It's, it's the, that's, that's, you know, that's, she can talk to her mom about that. That's not my job. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really done all that much. Um, I mean, I, there's like something there that I,
0: I think I did, but I, I can't quite recall. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Well, I know drive-in I, season is starting up, so I'm sure you'll have some spooky encounters there very soon.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, on Saturday um, is the Fly Remakes uh, series. <sighs> I'm, I don't want to sit through the Vincent Price Fly because I know it's a classic. But goddammit, Cronenberg's version is so much fucking better. Yeah. Like, it re- It really is, like, wh- why Why even, goddammit. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 1920s slasher film.
0: 1920?
1: Did they say 1920? You did. 1986. <laughs> 1986 slasher film written and directed by George Dugdale. This is a British movie. That's
0: a fucking British name. The whole thing. We'll get into it. But, you know, a, a little a little teaser for y'all. The whole thing is filmed in England in an abandoned elementary school that you might recognize from the Adam Ant video. And uh, that's why the lockers look all stupid, because schools don't have lockers in England. So they had to move the lockers in. Oh, my God. I hate this movie even more. OK. We'll be
1: right back to talk about Slaughter High. Although I will say this movie does have a pretty cool poster because it has a skeleton (laughs) wearing sunglasses, a graduation cap, and he's offering us an apple. So I do like that. We'll be right back.
2: (laughs) Marty Ranson was the dork of Doddsville High. His classmates laughed at him. Are you ready? Here's Marty. Where's something? They tormented him. Where's something? And then they went too far. <laughs> now, five years later, Marty's throwing a little party.
0: Lights
2: on. A class reunion.
0: Come on, you guys. Let's
1: they say he still roams the nut house, ever hopeful of that chance to escape so he can take his evil revenge out on us all.
2: And he's making sure everyone has the time of their life. I feel sick. He's created a romantic atmosphere for rekindling old flames and a nice place to just hang around. Marty hasn't forgotten a thing. He's giving them a blast from the past they'll never forget. Marty Ranson is still a dork, but tonight he's getting even. Bestron Pictures presents Slaughter High.
1: And we are back to talk about 1986's Slaughter High. Written and directed by George Dugdale, uh, starring Callie Monroe. Simon Scudamore, Carmen, Ina Kana, Donna Yeager, and Sally Cross. Um, I just saw this now, and this kind of does bum me out. Simon Scudamore, who plays our lead role of Marty, uh, died by suicide right after this film wrapped. And this is the only film he was ever in, and that's
0: kind of a bummer. Yeah, I I did a little bit of research on this, partly because I was, like, quite literally, I was watching it, And uh, so you guys know, this is a movie about some kids torture a uh, nerd uh, who is, you know, kind of unlikable. He's not like a like an endearing nerd, Uh, but their pranks go too far and he gets horribly maimed. Uh, And of course, there's no repercussions for that. They just go ahead with their lives and then they come back for a reunion and he, you know, tries to kill them. Uh, But when they were driving back to the high school for reunion, I'm like, Why are, why is the road they're on like so overgrown? like it just didn't look like America to me. Like as soon as they started driving, I'm like, this is wrong. What is going on? So I started doing research. I know that sounds crazy, but quite literally all, it was a combo of the road. Also, their voices are weird. They're all British, except for one actress and uh, their accents keep sticking through. Like they're just talking raw. They just don't sound like how Americans talk. So that was part of it. But also it was all the foliage was just wrong. And then um and then finally it was like when they get inside the school, I'm like, what is this fucking school? Like it just doesn't look like the right building. And so I did some research and I found out that it's all British, filmed in England, very much just like uh, oh, these Americans seem to be making money off of these high school slashers. I guess we better try one radio pip pip, you know, whatever British people say. <laughs> They saw, what
1: what happened is they saw the, like, the explosion of slasher films in America, and some guy went, right, then, what's all this? And then they made this movie. Yeah.
0: So there's a big section in the IMDB, and then also on the Wikipedia, talking about this uh, actor's suicide, and the movie almost didn't come out, because the director was like, oh no, like, we did something, we hurt him somehow, and this is him working on his stuff, but the, they actually did release the movie under the... Uh, Sort of, uh, not demand, but encouragement of his parents, who said basically the only time they had ever seen him happy was while he was making the movie. Uh, and their suspicion was that once the movie was over, he was overcome with this sadness from not fucking doing the movie anymore, but that like he had been self destructive prior to the movie. Um, and specifically, he, uh, purposefully OD'd according to his note that he left so i think he already was dealing with his own issues he was already uh dealing with addiction issues and so uh you know the the director was for a while thinking about not releasing the movie because he just felt so shitty about the whole thing but the the you know the guy's parents sort of said that he should release it because he had so much fun putting it out so in a way the movie kind of became almost like a passion project because they felt so bad about what happened to this dude, which is a shame because this movie is a piece of shit. I I was just, I was just going to say like, if only this movie was like, Oh man. Oh, it should be
1: like now, I I, like, I feel a twinge of regret about being like, man, fuck this movie. But like, honestly, man, like I'm glad this dude had fun and I'm glad it brought him like a little bit of happiness and like his shitty life. But God damn it. This movie is almost unwatchable.
0: I, I will say, um, You know, he has the dumbest role, but he does seem to be having the most fun. There are a few people in this movie who seem to be taking this movie very fucking seriously as as actors. And that is ridiculous because a so some of their fellow actors are to say phoning it in would be giving them too much credit. They haven't even picked up the phone to phone in their performance. Phones they're, don't exist. They're just all they're just on screen. They're not really doing anything. <laughs> so the fact that they're there just being like, oh, I don't know, what the fuck? America. And then the other people are like really into it, whatever. Um, there's almost no moment in this movie that is a surprise, let alone scary, except for one jump scare where our like heroine, I you can't say final girl, uh, our hair, our, our, let's say our last surviving female protagonist, uh, kills one of her students, fellow students by mistake. I mean, they're not students anymore. They're adults now, but she chops the guy in the face. That was the only part of the whole movie where I went, whoa, ah, all right. Didn't yeah. See, didn't see that coming. Okay. Good job. That's it. The whole fucking movie guys. That's the only moment that was a surprise, let alone you could border on scary. And again, a horror movie doesn't have to be scary, but there's nothing else here. The script is terrible. The acting is terrible. The setting doesn't make sense. The fact that these people show up for a high school reunion and they're the only people there and they've all just forgotten that they ruined this kid's life. And they're like, someone even brings it up like, oh, I remember poor Marty. And the guy's like, nah, Marty's doing fine. He's a programmer. He's fine. He works yeah. in computers. He's great. Uh, obviously, he's not fucking great, actually. Like, what the, is going the, on right the, now? The,
1: the best part is that the guy gives a completely believable, like archetypical horror movie, like, Oh yeah, he was in a mental institution after this, and he was never right, and he's still there. And you're like, okay, no, I've heard that before. And then like he like ah something got me. And They're like you asshole. He's like they're like so what's up with Martin? He's like no no I heard he's a programmer or something. It's like you fucking dumped acid on
0: his face. Let's start you- here. The it, it's it's April Fool's. I mean, first of all, you'll know the movie's British because at a certain point, I, uh, they say April Fool's Day ends at noon, which is a British thing. Does not happen in America? <laughs> it doesn't happen. They're like April Fool's days from midnight to nude the next day. Nope, that's not that's not a thing. Yeah, uh, but let's let's get to the thing. Uh, in the they do they start with a flashback in which they're gonna play a prank on this nerd, and the setup of this prank is so unnecessarily involved. It's so over the top. All right, you seduce him into the girls' locker room, and then you pretend that you're gonna have sex with him in the locker room, and then we like are taping we're recording the whole thing and then we dump his head he's naked and we dump him in the toilet it's just like they also electrocute him and spray him with a fire extinguisher yeah yeah and so that in and of itself is like a pretty fucked up prank and then they get in trouble because yeah yeah funny enough that the what basically is almost i mean it's basically like a combo of like physical and sexual assault
1: no i was that's what i was gonna say it was like there, there's a scene in this movie, I was watching it, and I was getting a little, I was like, this is sexual assault. Yeah. They're like, he, he's he's naked, they're like dragging him around, and like, you know what I mean? Like, they have him, like, they're dip, dunking his head in the toilet. Uh, 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 there's just something that's like, there's so, something that's primordially, this is gonna sound
0: like fucked up, and I'm not trying to like, like, brush this aside.
1: It's like, it's like primordially rapey.
0: No, I, 100%, it is gross. Everything about it is gross. They get caught. They, of course, are mad at him. Fuck this nerd. He got us in trouble. Are you kidding? This is the most. It's not like he like called the teacher on you or he ratted you out. You got caught assaulting him in the girl's locker room. Yeah. So, yeah. You're in trouble. You got to do. And like their punishment is they have to go after school, and, like do gym stuff. So first they give my man a, a shitty doobie, which is like a, a trick, I guess. I don't understand weed. But they they give him a shitty doobie that's like a bad doob, and he's all weeded out on shitty doobie weed. Uh, While he's doing, by the way, complicated experiments with fire and. Explosive things, which I don't know what American high school they think the a teachers like. Yeah, just come by after school and boil the acid. I think you know, that's it, fine. it's like the the, the Ted Kaczynski fucking yeah. school for boys here? You don't need any supervision for this dangerous experiment. I'm sure you'll be fine. And then another dude goes in and like uh fucking uh messes with the guy's chemicals. So then, bada bing, bada boom, shit explodes. The whole thing is on fire. And then in the middle of the fire, a big jar of acid falls on our man. And then they're just like, that's it. And then it's just like a decade later and they're like, hey, we're going to have a fucking uh, high school reunion on April Fool's Day. Come back to the school. They're like, yeah, that makes sense. High school reunions are usually in April on April 1st. That's usually when we have a high school reunion. So we'll go back. Oh, nobody's here. Not a problem. We'll just hang out and get drunk. I'm sure this is all fine. This all makes sense. The laziness of this script. Combined with the unimaginative nature of most of the kills, it started to really wear on me, Justin. I got really frustrated watching this movie. Dude, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And, like, let me be clear. I love me a good exploitation slasher movie. I love me a good low budget horror movie. Like, this isn't like a, "Uh, it's not John Carpenter, so fuck this. I'm not like playing some sort of art card here. I, I even can enjoy a horror movie that's bad, but entertaining. This is stupid and boring and needlessly cruel in the fact that like everyone in this movie, is shitty, including Marty, the villain of the movie who like is, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess he's a sexist as well as a nerd, which like, you know, big spoiler there, you know, whatever. But, uh, uh there's just no one here that I care about the whole fucking movie.
1: No, the, it's, 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 it's worse than bad. It's uninspired. There is, there's no, there's, There. there there's, there's no real, I, I don't know how to explain it. It, it, it. It's like, like our next film, our next film is by no means a great film, but there is something in that movie that's like, okay, the people who made this film, like they were there, there's like a, there's a, there's, there's something there that is unquantifiable that like makes it better than, than something like this. This was just like a cynical cash grab from fucking England
0: Uh to try uh to make
1: money on, on slasher films yet again, proving they can't make anything as good as we can. Um,
0: I, it's cheap in a way that I, when I say cheap, I'm not just talking about the budget, right? It's cheap in that it's like lazy and it's, it's, it's very much like, not trying to do the best that we can with what little we have it's it's cutting corners and it makes stupid decisions like while one of the characters is trying to i guess fix a lawnmower so they can ride out of town on a lawnmower which doesn't really make a lot of sense uh his wife is off fucking his friend who by the way looks exactly like him there's just two meathead men in this movie and the 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 one the one female character is like oh while one meatheads away the I'll fuck the other one. I don't know. It's like that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I, I is, could
1: hear I could hear you give up on that rhyme and it was amazing.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it, it's hard because uh, there's stuff under the surface here that maybe in a different movie could be interesting about um, like the people who made this clearly don't respect slasher movie, right? No, no. They clearly think that these things are stupid. Okay, well then, mock them. And and, and and I don't mean make a comedy. You could completely make a farce of a slasher movie that really makes them seem stupid and play it completely straight, which is what the movie tries to do. There's any moments in this movie that try to be humorous are fucking utter failures, you know? Um, or how about this? Give us at least one character, like the character who's the most responsible for fucking ruining Marty's life, you know? doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. Like he is unemotional and, and, and the character we spend the most time with really is this uh woman who I guess becomes an actress after high school. We get from yeah. the beginning of the movie. um, Also not endearing. It, the movie's like, we're going to focus on this character and she'll take us through. And then it like continually leaves her and it doesn't give her any moments to be like a human being. Like it, again, <coughs> for a certain cynical viewer of horror movies, There might be like a, what do you expect? It's just a cheap horror movie, but like the moments that it would take to make this movie a little more human and thus a little more entertaining, you know, or a little more extreme and thus a little more entertaining. You don't want to have any characters. You don't want any people to be likable. Cool. Then give me an inspired kill. Do at least one murder in this movie. That seems like you sat around going, all right, what's a cool way to kill somebody? Give me some ideas. But like. Again, the guy getting the hatchet in the face who doesn't see it coming. That's the best part. The the most ridiculous thing is there's a moment where our our again, she's not really a final girl, but our last living survivor uh tosses Marty in in the in the jester mask through a window into a gym. And then I guess she's going to try to like stab him with the javelin which he's been coming at her at only she just kind of throws it weakly through the window and it doesn't go anywhere near him. And then she just walks away. Like, well, I guess that's the end of that. Yeah. She might as well have been like, here you go. Like she, she basically like your stabby stick. She tossed
1: the javelin at him in a way that I would toss Liam a javelin. So he could fucking
0: destroy our enemies. It's so uninspired. And so like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's almost no part of this movie that feels like it matters such that when the movie ends and, you know, they 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 couldn't have anyone survive. So instead, they give us this stupid zinger of an ending where it's like now all the people he just killed are evil spirits who are going to get him. Ooh. So it, is, corny. it is literally like they were just drunk going, I don't fucking know. Just put some zombie makeup on. I don't know. Yeah, we got to do something to end this fucking thing. It's just. Again, we were watching this thing for fucking free, and I felt ripped off. If I had paid money to see this in a theater, I would have been pissed because it just feels like nobody gave a fuck, which is like, turns out wasn't true. Apparently, the actor who played Marty, this is like one of the most important experiences of his life. And it it's tragic that like, not just that he uh, ended his life, but that like, no one cared enough about this movie to make it like. A remembrance of him, you know, that it was like, oh wow, it's amazing that he put the time into this movie. This movie really feels like no one involved fucking cared, and like, yeah. I, you know, it's a cheap horror movie. I get it, but I've I've definitely watched some fucking low budget horror that at least I'll take trash cans of terror over this shit because at least people were having fun when they made that. Um, it also the fact that uh, this Simon Scudamore
1: died by. By suicide after making this film and the fact that this film was one of the few things that apparently brought him happiness um i know we're like goofing on this film and we're like oh it's, it's joyless it actually makes watching this film now a far in retrospect a far like very very unpleasant because it's like this is a monument to someone who died and who loved this movie and the end product is just fucking garbage I don't, that just strikes me as so tragic. It's like this is his, this was his, uh, this was his final impression upon the world. This was his, this was his, this is his legacy. And God damn it, like that is, I I, like, that sucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the people who made this movie couldn't have known the tragedy that was going to happen. But you'd think that instead of considering shelving the movie, they would have just put the time in to make it a little bit better. Uh, and, and, you know, they, and it's not even like, oh, well, they just had what they had. They filmed scenes after he passed away. It turned out that they didn't have enough footage to make a feature length movie. So they uh, there's a few scenes of him skulking around in that Chester mask that aren't him. It's actually. Uh, yeah, I was uh, going to say, like, the, ca- w- the character wears a fucking mask. Like, yeah, they had to film because they basically finished filming. And then they had to go back for reshoots and he had already passed away. Uh, so, you know, it's just like, okay, well, now that you know, I mean, again, I don't want to moralize this too much because I feel like I'm getting on a bit of a high horse here. And I don't know that that's completely unjustified, but, you know, whatever. Okay, you wanted to make a movie. This is what you were able to do. It's Who am I to point fingers, whatever, whatever. But I do think it is frustrating to watch and realize, like, I've seen movies made with less money and less resources that were far more successful. And my suspicion is the people who made it cared more. And that's, I think yes. that's why I'm making this more, you know, it's a bad movie. I've seen lots of bad movies. I shouldn't take it personally, but there's a part of me that was just really frustrated Cause I've just, it really felt like uh, nobody cared and nobody was having fun. And this was just a waste of everyone's time. That's how it felt. And I, I don't often feel that way when just watching a stupid movie, but this just felt like more than stupid. Absolutely. <sighs> well, well, that's a bummer. That's, I don't really want to keep going. I know. Let's let's go to the other movie here, because there's nothing I'm going to say that isn't just going to be more of me dunking on these folks. And like, I don't know, maybe one of them is going to check this out in hopes that someone finally liked their shitty movie. And I'm like, nope. Well, I'm sorry sucks, if they listen you. to this. Uh, this just... This
1: this just this just reinforces my belief that the only good British person is Al White. Stop, I just, you know, stop. He stop, would never he stop. would never make this.
0: Well, that's true. But, All right. but that's
1: yeah. We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Phantom of the Mall, Alex Revenge. We'll be right back.
3: there behind the wall beneath your own feet you all tried to destroy him in your greed you tore everything precious from him but Eric remembers
0: what if Eric didn't really die in that fire
3: and now Eric will make sure you remember, too.
1: Eric Matthews is still alive.
2: What do you mean they know?
3: (laughs) There's no escape from the horror. A nightmare at the mall. Eric the Phantom struck. Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge.
1: And we are back to talk about Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge, a 1989 horror film directed by Robert Friedman and stocked the fucking cast in this movie. My God, Derek Rydell, eh. Jonathan Goldsmith, Rob Estes, Pauly fucking Shore,
0: Carrie Whitman, Ken Ferre, and Morgan Fra- Fairchild. Holy shit. I got to say, one of the surprising parts of this movie is how little wheezing the juice Pauly Shore did. Did you notice that? Like, uh, he was well, kind of just a normal. It's dude It's there. It's, it's there. there, but it's It's not. there, but it's, he's, I, I mean, come on. It's no near and near. I mean, that's like, that's like, uh, that's like if Carrot Top was in this and he only had one prop. Yeah, he had a prop, <laughs> but it's not like his whole fucking, but Yeah, just a few years from the release of this movie, Polly Shore will be nothing but juice wheezing. That will be yeah. his whole persona.
1: Right now, he cares about something beyond nugs, chilling, chilling and grindage. Yeah, totally. But not much. Like, uh, uh, it, uh, it's uh, it's there. It's fucking there. You can see it. Especially the scene in the hallway where he's distracting the security guard and <laughs> showing his asshole. Like, that was 100% like fucking son-in-law era apology uh, but I
0: was so good. That was one of my favorite parts of the Amazing. movie. Amazing.
1: Because it reminded me of, like, classic Pauly Shore. So. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, the, the thing <sighs> I liked most about this movie was, again, let me just say up front, this is not some, like, secret classic that no one knows about. This is not some amazing, like, hidden gem. But I will give this movie credit for having a plot that is more than just, like, uh, Guy is wrong in the past. Guy emerges years later to extract his revenge upon the people who wronged him. Um... I kind of like the fact that this was all about him getting back at like rich property owners Agreed. for for fucking with him. I thought that was really cool. Uh and it also has like a really weird technique of like red herrings that I've yeah. never seen yeah. done in
0: a horror film before. <laughs> um It also has um a few non sequiturs that are fun, which is like one of them is that Eric, who now apparently lives in the mall after, you know, surviving uh his house being burned down, he's moved into the mall, which by the way, the gap between his house being burned down and the finished construction of the mall, where was he? Just in the woods or something? Like it's it actually yeah, yeah. doesn't make a lick of sense. But one of the non sequiturs is that during that time, he's apparently not only gotten jacked. But become very good at karate or some other form of kung fu because Amazingly he starts form just fucking t- t- karate. I don't know if it's karate. I don't know if it's taekwondo, but he's ass kicking. And there are there are parts of this movie that are basically like straight to video action film material. Yeah, just him fucking fighting the 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 hitman that was sent to murder him when he was a teenager. There's and a hitman. Like, that's what I mean, is like,
1: it's like this very easily could have been like, oh, there's a guy in the mall who's killing people and it's Eric. But then there's like, there's this fucking security, this this hitman posing in it as a security guard. He's like assassinating people with a crossbow and a snake.
0: Like this, it was just, I don't know. There's a random like subplot that the piano player of the ball is a sexual assaulter like that's yes. just like a thing in the movie and uh, Eric gets gets him like makes him fucking pay for that and oh, you're yeah. like what is what is happening and the, the film does kind of a for me a fun thing of like Eric is both an avenger of sorts you know a kind of a vengeance taker a vigilante but also an unhinged weirdo that must be stopped and yes. there's this like you know Uh, love interest who also they keep sort of red herring him a little bit and there's just all these like i I mean first of all great use of a set i mean i'm sure no mall actually has the infrastructure that this mall does this mall has fucking catacombs y'all like there's no reason for this mall to have like it has air vents that you can walk upright in it has uh like multiple sub basements like there this whole thing is ridiculous but as a set, they make great use of this mall. Like, it is, it feels like a whole world that they're inhabiting, which makes sense for the time period that it's coming out, you know? Well, you know what mall this is, right? I don't. It's the Sherman Oaks Galleria where they shot Fast Times
1: at Ridgemont High oh, of and course, Terminator yeah. 2. Right, right. I should have recognized it. See, so, yeah, I mean, that, that that's like, that's why this mall seems like, you, you never have like a dream about like a place where you're like, that place isn't real and it's like no this mall is like the kind of place you would fucking dream about like it just has that like otherworldly uh feeling to it cuz again there's these like this labyrinth of like secret tunnels and shit like that and like i mean it's big enough for a guy to live in and no one knows he's there and it's a real place like that 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 says something
0: the idea that like this isn't just a story of uh you know a guy gets maimed goes kind of crazy and starts taking revenge the subplot of like that both the mall owner and the mayor are involved in like corruption and machinations and they have a dangly earring hitman, which by the way, his weird dangly earring that has like, what is it like a pentagram or something? Like, yeah. Like that's how he's identified is because of his dangly uh Satan earring. And, oh man, it's, uh, <sighs> I think it's, you know, Justin made it an important point here. It's not that this is some, like, weird classic or something like that. But, like, if you are into a B-movie of this sort of quality, it's a lot of fun. It feels like, honestly, I was watching this, Justin, and I, it felt like I'm at a sleepover with my friends in, like, yes the early 90s. And this comes on you know uh USA or TNT or whatever and someone's like oh this is good we should watch this or fucking skinnermax or whatever the fuck and we watch it and like oh yeah the the our our main uh female protagonist the, the movie does the, all the 80s stuff with her she's innocent but she's also tough there's completely unnecessary sex scenes with her and she's torn between this new boyfriend, who she doesn't really know, this guy that she doesn't know at all, and then like her lost love, who's also uh become some sort of like maimed kung fu avenger. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's
1: it's also side note. Do you know who the actor is who played the uh, mall owner? I don't. Uh, his name was Jonathan Goldsmith you might know him as the Dos Equis guy, the most interesting man in the world. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it makes sense. We I had to look that up, and it, I understand that you don't know that because we don't drink
0: alcohols. So that that's, you know, why would we know that? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he's the least interesting man in the world. Agreed. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, I,
1: but it's just like this movie has... Uh, it's like, it's so fucking crazy because like, unlike... Unlike a film where, like, it's, I don't know, like, Jason Voorhees, yeah, the, you know, the film Jason Voorhees, unlike, like, one of the Friday the 13th movies, or I don't know, Slaughter High, where the character's like, I'm going to get revenge on these people who wronged me. Um, Eric's plan is to blow up the fucking mall.
0: Yeah, he's basically a Kung Fu terrorist.
1: Yeah. And it, it's like, I, I I'm like, like, every time I would like, I was like watching this movie and I was like, every single time. Something happens that like is kind of unorthodox for a slasher film. I'd be like, "Oh, that was pretty cool, man! I can't believe this movie did that." And then within five minutes, I'd be like, "Hold! Oh, I've I completely forgot about the last thing. What the fuck are they doing now?" Like, I just this movie was a like it's a mess, but it's like it's like a it takes a it, it swings for the fences, and I have to give it credit for that. I absolutely have to give this movie credit for like fucking for taking a lot of chances and you know, not like it's it's not like an artistic aesthetic film, but like it really did throw everything at the wall just to see what would stick. And I kind of respect that. And not in like a bullshit ironic way, like, oh, who could, let's see how crazy we can get. But like, there's all these like coherent plot points that like make sense, but they're still like insane that they were just like, fuck it, put it in there and see what works. And I I'm I'm kinda down with that. Like I I, I kinda respect the fact that they, they could have very easily made like a slasher, like a simple slasher movie that takes place in a mall. That's all they had to do, and this movie would have turned a profit. But instead they got like Morgan Fairchild as a corrupt mayor and the Dahl guy is the corrupt uh whatchamacallit, the, the landowner. And I, I don't know. This just this film just becomes something more than just like a shitty uh, gimmicky slasher film that it very easily could have, you know, been left out in the wind to become.
0: I agree. Um, it. <clears throat> I don't know who made this. I'm looking on the IMDb and it, it doesn't say the studio. Uh, if anyone out there is a fan of PM Entertainment, Justin, do you know PM Entertainment? I'm not familiar. In the late 80s, early 90s, a lot in the early 90s. They were one of these companies that did all the straight to VHS movies, you know. Okay. Uh a lot of them were like those kind of like low budget action where there would be some kung fu but a lot of explosions and a lot of dudes with uzis at the mall sort of vibe, you know, or Oh, like Dead Heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Dead Heat had some star power. These things usually had yeah. the same B movie people that you wouldn't necessarily know. Anyways, PM Entertainment, there's a there's an interesting series about PM Entertainment movies. Uh I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but if you can find it, there's a whole series of reviews of them that's worth checking out. Uh, we actually did a PM Entertainment episode of Cinepunks where we talked about a movie called Rage and another movie that had one of the uh, Corey's in. I think Corey Feldman. Um. Anyways, point is those movies are were known for being low budget but still having a certain amount of production value because they were willing to do crazy shit. So like what they weren't spending on like actors that anyone cared about they were spending on blowing shit up in la you know what i mean (laughs) and so like that's how this movie feels like not that there's a ton of explosions per se and the one explosion they do have is like maybe a little underwhelming though it is at a fucking mall so cut them some slack yeah But, but i i think it is a movie where they're like yeah 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 we could have a slasher movie but like kids also like fighting and kicks and explosions and rock and roll and a dude who wants to wheeze the juice. And it really is like, like, I mean, the very inclusion of Pauly Shore in this should let you know, someone on the production staff was like, we need a way to get to the kids, man. The kids don't need just the Freddy anymore. They need someone who's cool. Who's hip. They need the weasel, even though he wasn't the weasel yet. No, but it is like very much like this movie is trying to be young. It's trying to reach out to like a, uh, a just out of high school generation or like about to get out of high school generation and like connect with them around this cultural center that like, you know, at this point in America, we were convinced as like the whole world was just going to be malls from now on. I mean, you could argue the irony of this in a world where malls can barely stay open <laughs> is like, you know, uh, interesting. But um, I think there's something like, Ambitious about this—that's fun, and it, it's not entirely successful. Not least of which because the the—I don't know if I'd say the worst, but one of the least inspired performances of the movie is Eric. Like the guy who plays Eric was clearly cast because he had a mullet and because yep. he could do high kicks. And yes. his his kicking, great A, awesome kicking. Love the kicking. Every part of his acting that isn't the kicking. Oh man, it's a, it's rough. It's rough, but like, you know, it is what it is and it doesn't ruin the movie. It kind of makes it a little more fun in some ways because he's bad in a way that's entertaining. Absolutely. Um, what the fuck was I going to
1: say? Uh, oh yeah. Another thing, you know, speaking of like reaching out to the youth and trying to connect to the youths, um, I thought it was, like, a weird, I don't know, a good choice, but definitely a weird choice, where the owner's son, who's that—that also named Justin, weirdly enough, because he sucks, um, he's, like, the shitty guy who's, like, hey, dad, give me your card, and he's such a fucking, like, snotty, rich kid, like, masquerading as, like, a greaser, um, I thought that dude was gonna turn out to be, like, the protagonist, or the antagonist, um, and then he just dies, <laughs> like, unceremoniously just gets fucking killed uh that's what i mean when it's it's like there's the weird non-red herrings like when you first meet that guy you're like okay that guy's up to no good and then he just gets fucking killed and is never mentioned again in the movie like literally his
0: father the next night is like oh yeah my kid i mean if i have a strong critique of the movie it's that all the red herrings are useless when you name the movie eric's revenge like we <laughs> all know, Touché. we all know that the, the murder is Eric. We all are aware it's Eric because the title of the movie is about Eric killing people. But you're right. If it wasn't for that title, then some of this would be, I mean, the way they film the with the guy who eventually becomes a love interest, his first scenes, you're like, well, that guy's fucked. Like he's clearly a stalker who kills women at night. Like he, like they go out of their way to make multiple men in this movie seem menacing or gross or whatever but the title has already revealed who the killer is so it almost feels like those moments are just an homage to other horror movies without ever being invested in those characters as actual red herrings absolutely (sighs)
1: so i guess that's phantom of the mall eric's revenge
0: yeah there's that movie there's not a lot you know going on there other than like Again, if you're looking for a fun, I think this would be a fun one for a horror marathon. I think it would be fun to have maybe not at like two in the morning, but like, you know, three, three, four movies in toss this on. I think it'd be fun. Absolutely. Um, And I think this would be a fun one. Just like at, a you know, you're having friends over. You just want something on the TV with the volume off. I think this would be a fun one to have on in the background and have people go, wait, what the fuck is happening now? (laughs) There's a snake in the toilet. What? Yeah. all right. So
1: that was uh, Slaughter High and Phantom of the Mall Eric's Revenge. Thank you so much for listening. You can head to www.cinempunks.com for more episodes of this podcast and several others, including our newest one, The Carnage Report, which is a Cletus Cassidy based. No, it's not. I'm being a goof. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fucking shitty Venom Jr. Um, you can ha- you- you'd also check out Black Sun Dispatches, which is wrapping up. So fucking check that out before it's. I mean, it'll still be available, but before, you know, Brendan concludes it, um, there's also uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve and Tomb of Ideas and Punks and Wine and Cheese and Cinema Smorgasbord and a bunch of other stuff. Um, Also, thank you to the folks at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations and Essex Coffee Roasters for their generous sponsorships and to the fucking patrons on patreon.com and uh, we have our next guests are I'm so excited God I'm so fucking I know have, I know I cannot wait to just ruin one of them Um. so yeah uh, until next time um, if you don't have a uterus mind your own fucking business fuck every single Republican on the Supreme Court actually just fuck every single republican. Yep. Um and uh yeah. We're going I you know I've been donating. I'm going to post some more stuff on the har business twitter about where you can donate to help support reproductive rights because um shit's about to get real bad in this country, so yeah. there's going to be a lot of vulnerable, a lot of vulnerable people that need help, so uh be there for them. And uh, until next time, peace
0: Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe.
1: Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available
3: anywhere you get your podcasts!
1: Hey.